0: I'm Gabby. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the My Possible Self podcast. If you've landed here, it's because you've recognised that you need to take care of your mental health and well-being. Well done, you. You've come to the right place. If you're listening via one of the major podcast platforms, before we kick off the series, let me give you a quick bit of background about who we are, what we do and why we do it. My Possible Self is a mental health and wellbeing app that brings together content from world-leading mental health experts designed to help you learn how to improve your thoughts, feelings and behaviour. The app's clinically certified and clinically safe content has been shown to reduce anxiety, stress and low mood and have a positive overall effect on your mental health. Now more than ever, with all the challenges life throws at us, it's vital that we take care of ourselves. And so when the COVID-19 pandemic hit, the lovely family behind My Possible Self decided that they would make the app and all of its content completely free. So everybody with a device could have access to professional mental health support in their hand whenever they needed it. This podcast will be an extension of the app, exploring, highlighting and providing helpful tools and resources that cover a wide range of topics in mental health and wellness. You'll hear powerful conversations with world leading mental health experts, thought leaders, influencers and ambassadors. And to get things going today you're going to meet sisters Hannah Wilkinson and Fleur Stevenson, the directors at My Possible Self they are busy working mums so we had to work around sleeping babies and not so sleepy toddlers so you might hear the odd cameo from one of their little ones but we wanted to make this as honest and real a chat as possible because It's really when you're being honest and real, you can help not just yourself, but others too. And on that thread, you might be thinking, well, who is this person talking right now? And what does she know about mental health? The honest answer is I'm not an expert by profession, but I am an expert by lived experience, having suffered with my own mental health problems since I was in my teens, probably earlier. That's when I was first diagnosed. But this podcast isn't about my story. This is all about yours. Now let's proceed with the episode. Okay, should we do this? I'm just very mindful that at any moment a sleeping baby might wake up. Yeah. Or not sleep at all. Or not sleep at all. Hannah and Fleur, the directors of My Possible Self, welcome to your podcast. My bosses, I better do a good job on this, eh? Episode one. (laughs) No pressure. No pressure at all. Thank you for taking the time. I feel like we should share, um, because we're keeping it real, that you've both got baby monitors to hand because you're both working mums yeah yeah so we'll see how this goes um Hannah can I start asking you to share the story of how my possible self came to be because I heard you talking about it the other day on a call and um what you said was so lovely Um, again no pressure for me
1: for us to do a good job on the podcast (laughs) compared to all our guests (laughs) definitely not a natural speaker I would say definitely do have a voice for radio so one of us so has got modest. a very squeaky voice and then one of us have got a much deeper voice so I think Fleur probably has more of the voice for radio than me. Oh, um, no, I wouldn't say that especially not with the all the germs <laughs> that are flying around I sound
2: terribly nasally. i very low.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, our mum who isn't on this podcast Um, but she is around, (laughs) suffered with some mental health problems, probably to do with having four children. Um, (laughs) We're probably going to blame. Um, And she felt at the time, uh, this was probably 15, 16 years ago, um, that there was very limited support out there. Um, she was fortunate enough to be able to pay for her own coaching and counselling to get herself into a better place Um, but it kind of made her realise that for people that were not able to fund their own counselling and coaching um, it's quite different here in the UK to other parts of the world as well I think it's more Socially accepted in other parts of the world to have coaching and counseling. I know in America, it's like a lot of people go to therapy, and they're quite a lot more open. And um, we're talking about the things, whereas there's still the stigma around in Britain. I think that
0: you know, there's still some embarrassment about talking about your mental health yeah. problems. Stiff up a lip, especially what was it did you yeah. say, fifteen years ago?
1: Yeah. So yeah. It, then there wasn't really that much of a conversation around mental health. Um, so she set up a practice um, where she employed um, counsellors and coaching for people and businesses that would pay for their own private counselling and coaching that was like a not-for-profit business so with the money that she made from the private um, patients per se um she then put that money in for people that couldn't afford to pay for counselling or weren't fortunate enough to be able to pay for their own coach counselling and put people through um counselling and coaching courses. So she might sponsor people, or she did a lot of work with the women's refuge and Macmillan nurses to pay for them to have their own counselling and coaching. So she did that for a number of years, and then as the business grew, she her, the kind of mission that she had was still there, but she didn't find the politics of running a business very enjoyable. Um, and it kind of took away what she hoped to achieve. So, her goal has always been that everyone should have the opportunity to better mental health and everyone should have the opportunity to have mental health services or mental health support. So, at the time flair and i um we were both doing completely different roles <laughs> i was a hr manager
0: Flair was a very very good primary school teacher
1: So um, not
0: for my possible self in its original no, form not not, not involved form. with the business at all not involved no. we, did you have an interest in the mental health and wellbeing? arena well I think because we both we also both had mental
1: health problems we've always had an interest in it um both our roles were people orientated roles so HR is um you know there's always you kind of always dealing with people that maybe have issues or they need to come and talk to you it's it's kind of got a stigma that you like hire and fire but it's a lot more in depth around like people and well-being especially more recently and Fleur was the same with working with children. So, and, you know, she worked with children that had their own mental health problems, even from a young age. And our dad is a very tech savvy, so we're from quite a technical family. So she wanted to create an app. So you'd basically had mental health in your hand at any time. Do you want to go into a bit of that, Fleur? yeah so um
2: you'll have to excuse me. um my baby brain is quite severe at the moment, um so <laughs> i'm I'm doing my best um, so way back when, when uh, two thousand sixteen, maybe I think it was, um I left primary school teaching to come and work at my hospital self because I had a real interest in sort of the mental health side of things, especially with children but We haven't focused on children at My Possible Self, but that's always sort of been a key interest of mine. Um, And we had this idea to create an app so everyone had um, access to some form of help. We wanted people to have something that was accessible to them 24 hours a day, seven days a week, whenever they need it, because I've had therapy and I found whenever I had my therapy sessions, because I had to get dressed and leave the house and go to my therapy sessions, when I got there, I felt okay. So, you didn't really have the therapy in the time that you really needed the therapy. So, we thought it'd be nice to have something there for you when you were feeling your worst on your own and you could turn to that um, then. So, we had a look around, searched, and then we couldn't really find anything that was already out there, especially not in this country. Um, And there's an institute in Australia called the Black Dog Institute, and they're sort of world leading pioneers in mental health research. And they had some content uh, called um, My Compass content and it was basically some modules that you could work through on different areas of your mental health so ranging from happiness and well-being um, managing fear and anxiety uh, setting smart targets there was loads and loads of different areas that you could work on and um, we thought that this content was great they also had some research to prove that this content was actually effective in, in helping people so we thought why not go with the experts and bring their content um, over to the UK Their content was great. Their user interface was quite outdated and quite old and wasn't very user friendly. So we wanted to sort of zhuzh it up a bit and and bring it into the modern day world.
1: So we worked with the Black Dog for a number of years, had a really good relationship with them. um, But the issue, and it was a great content, the issue we had with them was the... we were only licensed to sell them in the UK. We couldn't sell it globally, and um, we really wanted to help people globally. We didn't want to just stay within the UK market. So, the opportunity arose to create our own content alongside the Priory. So we partnered with the Priory, which is which you know they they're very well known in the mental health space. That g- gave us the clinical validity for the content. So. All the users can be rest assured that it's clinically backed and clinically safe content, and that's really important to us. I
0: think people identify the Priory with treating addiction, mainly alcohol and substance abuse. But it was only joining my possible self that I learned that they are far more zoomed out than that and that they cater to treating a variety of mental health uh, illnesses.
1: Yeah. I think because of the celebrity status, like this, that's usually where celebrities go, I think that's why it's more known in the spotlight. They cover all areas. It's important to us that it's, it's clinically safe and by having them on board with us, it means that the content that our users are using is clinically safe and it's clinically sound and ultimately it is going to have an effect on people's mental health in a, in a positive way and going back to the beginning of the pandemic that was kind of when we had this change and we we did a lot of work in the um background all our app is developed in-house so um we have an amazing development team who were and design team who really worked so hard behind the scenes I don't know if any of our users actually even know that everything is done in-house and we have an amazing team and we've got you and um all the content team so yeah we're super lucky because I think we're not just a team that outsources everything like everything is done in-house and you know it kind of like a family where we all speak to each other and everyone gets on really well so when Covid hit um, that was when we kind of made the business decision to go down this new route with the Priory and we redid a lot of the app in the background and it was also decided um, as a business that that was the time that we would offer the app for free Mm. because in a particularly testing time for most people we wanted to make sure that there was resource available for everybody. And I think it really came from my mum. Like she just felt like this is the time that people really need that mental health support and, you know, it's nice to offer it for for free. And you
0: didn't need to at all because you already had by this point over 100,000 subscribers. So you could have continued, I guess, to to have made a profit by by charging. You're still offering it currently for free, even though you've just launched this new updated version with a bunch of um, really great content. So it all comes from this very warm, lovely, genuine place, um, which I think reflects as well on your team, like you said, but also on the users, because just scrolling through all the comments, from the people that have got the app and downloaded it i don't know if you had chat. is, is there a child I just see the eyes darting are we good Me? no not no, yet. Yeah. We're, we're good we're doing good okay great
1: yeah my child's just on nap strike so she's just chatting <laughs> nap strike. she's done it on purpose Oh my I'm God, sure that's the
0: campaign we need to do
1: for socials nap strike literally she does it every time we've got a call I think she does it on purpose anyway she's (laughs) fine okay good the reviews we've had are phenomenal are amazing um they're really humbling um and it makes everything that we do and offering the app for free it makes it feel worthwhile because The app is changing people's lives. And to read those reviews, if anyone's listening to this podcast, if you go on the App Store, Google Play, and just go through some of the reviews, there's some really humbling reviews on that. Yeah, you know, one user said, thank you for saving my life. And it makes what we do worthwhile. And that's kind of always been my, you know, my mum and our mission to help people and for people to see a difference and a lot of the people say in their reviews like you know that just noticing and, and what triggers might be and just being more aware of your mental health in general and actually it's normal to have low days and it's there's nothing wrong with having low days and there might be triggers that cause cause those you've got a great by for tracking that. it you, you can see what the triggers are because it's quite easy to look back at a week and be like oh I had such a bad week every day was just awful and but if you track your mood regularly enough we find a lot of the users then go back through their week and be like oh I thought I'd had a bad week but actually going back through my mood tracker I've actually had some good times and if I hadn't have noted them down, it's very easy to focus on the negatives and the bad bits. But no, people don't really focus on the positives and the good things. And it's just small wins, but the small wins Mm.
0: make a big difference. What I love about my possible self is the fact that you have a great blend of like the clinical and the more holistic tools and techniques and content available. Because I think everybody could benefit from a bit of both let's start with the series like if we could talk maybe about a couple of the the series on the on the app so the the series
1: they're put together by the priory so again they have the clinical um validity that uses one and it's asked regularly like you know they're clinical have they got clinical backing which they all have they've been written by clinical experts
0: um in the subjects of
1: and- Cover subjects like anxiety, depression. Um, we've also got like exercise in there now, eating well, um, gambling, and alcohol. We also um, have asked our users recently what what they want to see in there or want more of in the series. So there will be new series coming out covering off topics like men's mental health. Postnatal depression. There's also going to be one on menopause. So we're going to have a constant stream of new series that come in. But we're we're kind of asking our users now what they want to see because, you know, that that is the whole purpose of the app is to help your mental health. You can kind of pick which ones you want to do. Um, there's no pressure to do any of them. They've got loads of really useful resources in there, loads of exercises, lots of information for more awareness on what might be going on with you. So they they kind of form the core area of the app, and I and people find them really helpful. Can you hear? Me? Yes, we can. <laughs> I think, I think what's nice
2: about having the mix is some days you don't need the full like what's going on in your heads and real sort of like working on yourself sometimes you just need something small like someone to say go for a walk or you know you're doing a good job today if you're having a bad day why don't you just do five minutes of meditation you don't always need something that's quite intensive and you and some days you do so it's really nice that depending on how you're feeling, you have access to what you feel you can manage that day and what you feel might be beneficial for you that day or what you can squeeze in. You know, everybody's so busy and finding the time. It's nice that if you don't have an hour, you don't need an hour, you could do five minutes and it could have a huge impact on the rest of your day. You know, like Hannah said earlier, tiny steps, you know, sometimes that's all you need is a tiny step in the right direction and it'll have a huge, huge impact on you and your mood and how you're feeling.
0: Jumping off the back of that real quick, uh, there's quite a lot of useful tools on there. My favourite is actually the massage one where you can do your own like facial massage. I just thought that was so good. But I wondered if you could talk about a few and maybe highlight your favourite.
1: I think for me, I find um, exercise is a really good way for me to switch off. And in the new version, we actually set up our own filming studio in the offices um, and we've had lots of experts in fitness, in yoga, um, in breathing come in um, and film, all sorts of videos. And what we've tried to make sure for our users is that there's a level for all levels of fitness in there. So if you need to exercise, you know there's a lab, there's something for you to do or if you're an experienced exerciser, then there's also that level. So that, and there's going to be a constant stream of new content in there. So Gabby likes the facial massage. So we'll be getting Sarah to come in and do some more facial massages. It's all about you finding what works for you. Um, and you can customize your toolkit depending on what you like. So Gabby might like doing yoga, so you might save the yoga videos, and you might save the facial massage videos, and you might like to do box breathing or listen to nature sounds. The goal for us is to add in as much new content into the app on a regular basis as possible, so our users are never going to get bored, and there's always going to be something in there for everybody
0: yeah and taking yeah. that thread and running with it in regards to new content this very podcast series that's going to be a, a, there's yeah. going to be a new episode each week so you're number one and then we're going to hand the baton over to Owen O'Kane who's going to give a an overview on mental health because again we just thought we should never presume that anybody knows anything about anything <laughs> Especially when it comes to mental health So Owen's going to help help with that And then we're full steam ahead Covering topics from anxiety to depression Burnout, mental health in the workplace The pandemic and how that's affected our mental health Perfectionism, nutritional psychiatry Perinatal mental health Hannah, Fleur, I know you've both been very open about having your own struggles with mental health. And I wonder if there are any episodes in particular that you are looking forward to listening to.
1: Um, well, I'm looking forward to the perinatal um, because I struggled with mental, my mental health. I struggled after I had my little girl because I think I set the bar way too high um, for myself and put myself under way too much pressure and it just was not what I thought it would be. And I didn't enjoy it, which I then felt guilty about. And I felt a lot of shame because I didn't enjoy this amazing experience and I felt like I should enjoy it. Flare was amazing at work because I just couldn't even go to work. And it's it's quite ironic if you have like a mental health business, you kind of think you've got loads of self-awareness and you wouldn't suffer from things like that because you should be prepared. So it hit me like a train, really, because I never thought that I would find being a mum that hard. Um, And I just don't think it's talked about enough on any end of the spectrum um, from the pressure to have children when you don't want them or the pressure to have them when you can't have them or the pressure after you've had them. I'm now getting the pressure because my girl's two and a half from people saying when you're having another one, you know, you need to crack on. And yeah. there's, it's, it's a very insensitive area. And although it's, I think the postnatal side of stuff is really talked about, with baby blues I don't think the rest of the conversation is talked about enough at all I think people are good at saying you know it's really hard and that's amazing but there's I think there's a bit more to it and there's definitely a bigger conversation that needs to be had the whole pressure of women in general around what's expected and who's to say that Having children is normal. and Who say not having children isn't normal or only having one? People do need to mind their own business because it's not actually to do with anyone else.
0: So that's the podcast I'm looking forward. To. Brilliant. That's that's going to drop on October 26th. And Fleur in terms of your own journey with mental health, like Hannah, you know, thank you for sharing yours, at Fleur. It's affected you as well. I, th- I believe in it in different ways.
2: Yeah, it has, yeah, from quite a young age, not really young, but probably in my teens it affected me, and I'm actually really looking forward to hearing from Thomas and talking about perfectionism, because I now think, knowing what I know now, it was probably perfectionism for me that caused a lot of my mental health problems. I've suffered with eating disorders, social anxiety, um, and from there, all the rest of it that comes with all of those things. And I think it was all from pressure that I put on myself. What concerns me is that the world is a very different place, even, you know, 10, 15 years from when I was suffering with that, you know, social media has changed. The world is changing and the pressure on people is growing. And so these issues are getting more and more prevalent in young children. And, you know, children presenting at school with... Mental health issues that are coming from the pressures from social media is growing, and it's really concerning to hear of children you know as young as eight or having problems with their their image, their body image, and and it's all because of the pressure that people are feeling. Um, from the environment around them because of the way the world's going and you know when i was a primary school teacher when i was training i was taught to create an inclusive safe environment where children feel comfortable to take risks to make mistakes to get it wrong and to learn and you're trying to create this environment where they have a go and they feel safe to have a go and it doesn't matter no, no one's going to laugh at you if you don't get it right the first time or the third time or the fifth time and put your hand up and and well we didn't even put hands up we because it was too stressful for the kids but you know just have a go and somewhere along the line that disappears mm. and as as adults as young children you suddenly feel shame and you feel scared to get it wrong and you don't want people to laugh at you and you want everything to go just how you deem it should go and there's no mm. safe space to take risks and there's no safe space to have a go and there's no safe space to get it wrong and I think it's just a lot of pressure for people and I still suffer with some form of perfectionism. It's not to do with my image as such, but it's to do with, you know, I can't relax in the house if everything isn't just so. And I mean, it's not just so. I have two kids, one's three and one's 10 months. And you just, I've just learned to live with it. And some days it's fine. And some days it's really not fine. If only there was an
0: app that could help. I know, if only I could go back, you know,
2: 20 years and have the app. Like I said, when I went for my therapy and I had a lot of therapy, I had a counselor, I had a psychotherapist, I had a psychiatric doctor who oversaw my treatment. You know, I I really was in there a lot. Um, And I used to leave thinking, it's not working. I'm not fixed. Why haven't they fixed me? And looking back now, I realized they don't fix you in a session. They give you tools for you to use throughout the rest of your life that is what they help you with and getting your head around that is quite challenging but actually it's been really helpful for me to have had those tools um because I have used them all through my life and I have quite a good understanding of myself and the way in which I work and I don't believe I would have had that had I not had so much therapy um from say 18 to 25 um well would you say that
0: the tools that you received um in person are there many of those ones that are on the app or similar to
2: Yeah I think it's all really similar I think it all interlinks and I think it's just finding what works for you and it's helping you to understand your own brain and your own mind and your own triggers and your own coping strategies and coping mechanisms and everybody is so different and what works for one person won't necessarily work for another person and it it takes a lot of work you think I think you think it's going to be easy and I know when um I worked with children and children who had additional needs the parents really really wanted a diagnosis and I think sometimes they thought the diagnosis would give them the fix and the cure but actually it's just the very start of the journey and like with your own mental health it's a long journey but you have to be kind to yourself it doesn't happen overnight it takes years and I'm still working on my issues Twenty years like, later, and I it's think
1: it's a constant process.
2: It doesn't. Yeah. It doesn't go away. Hannah briefly mentioned earlier. You know, there's a difference in the stigma around mental health and therapy and treatment in the UK and the US. You know, in the USA, it's 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 you know, It's normal. It's routine. You know, you have a therapist who chats them all the time, and it's seen as a really positive thing. Whereas in the UK, although people are trying really hard to reduce the stigma, and they have done a lot over the years, it's still there it's you know it's almost seen as oh well that means I've got something wrong with me I better go and get help but I better keep it a secret because I don't want anyone to think that there's anything wrong with me but you wouldn't be like that if you broke your leg you know you'd let people help and you'd let people know.
1: I think with what Fleur's just said as well is I think what we have to be careful with with the mental health movement is it's not just an on vogue thing and people aren't just catching on a bandwagon to be like oh that's going to get me more followers if I talk about this this and this like there is a balance and I think that that's what people have to be a bit careful of that it's not just an in fashion thing at the minute because that's what society's talking about it's something that's people work on forever it's not just a Something that's a, a moment in time, that's a fashion at the minute, and then it and then it kind of dissipates into the background, and the next fashion starts. but You'll know, Gabby, that we've had conversations with PR agencies this week, and they they say, you know, well, you know, you're not really doing anything different to everyone else, but that's not the point. The point is, it's the importance of the conversation. It shouldn't be um, a trend thing. It shouldn't be like that. You shouldn't have to get a celebrity onto it to endorse something that's about mental health and that's where I think we have to as a society be a bit careful of I think that that's what me and Flo are quite conscious of that for the next generation and for our generation and every generation you know our, our demographic our largest demographic is age aged 18 to 24 which I know as a team we keep talking about but that's young it's a young age and we need to make sure that the ripple effect goes on to all ages but also that that demographic of 18 to 24 keep on top of their mental health because if you keep on top of it it makes it easier to manage.
0: Yeah definitely and we've talked about even for the podcast that we don't just want to get people in the public eye although that helps to to get the word out there about my possible self and everything you're doing and for people's general well-being and and mental health, but we wanted to share real stories from, from people that have, and I'm air quoting, a normal job, um, but maybe have gone through something extraordinary in terms of like how they've overcome something with their mental health. And, and that's something that, yeah, I know we're, we're like working towards as well, because going back to the mantra of when your mum started the business, mental health should be accessible for everybody and for everybody. Everyone's got some kind of obstacle that they have to
1: overcome.
2: Hannah mentioned everybody has, or most people have, some form of obstacle, and whether it's a big one or a large one, that it's all relative to you. No one's, no one's obstacle is deemed bigger than somebody else's. And I think the app, we try to have something on there. So that really banging large. is the, the baby. <laughs> something on there for everybody um and for everybody's needs like we mentioned earlier it might be that you need something quite um light-hearted and easy for that day or it might be that you can tackle something a bit more intense and a bit, bit more challenging mm.
0: and there's also a crisis button on there as well so if you are in need of professional help for your mental health then It's not going to take you directly to a person, but it's going to provide the resources that that can help you get the help you need.
1: I think be kind to yourself and be kind to others because you actually don't know what other people are going through. But you have to be kind to yourself as well, which I think people aren't kind to themselves. It's a hard thing to do, but it's
0: really important. And on that note, ladies, I think that's that's a wrap <laughs> thank you so much and t- sorry for the chaos but <laughs> honesty's the best policy <laughs> well for anybody that as well that's listening to this episode uh not on the app via one of the podcast platforms then type my possible self into the app store and we will appear and and do it now while it's free if
1: anybody's found anything that we've talked about triggering then there is resource out there there's crisis buttons on the app if you need more support there is help out there if you need it
0: So there we have it episode one of the my possible self podcast in the can with our directors hannah and fleur it was really important to me that you heard from them before anybody else because as you've just heard they are so truly passionate and well informed about mental health and helping others to manage their own uh, mental health and well-being Speaking of, on episode two of the podcast, we've got the brilliant Owen O'Kane. Owen is the former NHS clinical lead for mental health. He's got dual medical and psychotherapy training. He is a public speaker. He is a best-selling author. You might have read his book, 10 to Zen, or more recently, Ten Times Happier. The term mental health gets thrown around a lot it's almost become a bit of a buzzword of late but what exactly is mental health let's get into the nitty-gritty let's break it down let's understand it better because then we know if ours is compromised if we need a bit of help and support so Owen's gonna help us loads with this plus he's going to give you some great tips for living in the now getting out of your own head shifting perception and helping you to get into a more positive mindset if you don't already follow us we are at my possible self on the gram and i've been at radio gabby thank you so much for taking time out of your day to listen to this episode we'll see you on the next one take care of yourselves bye for now